if I can, you know, maybe be the mover for somebody else to move in behind me, I think that's a success. Maybe I won't be the one that breaks down the wall, but I hope that maybe a little girl, a little boy can be the one that lights up somebody else's path. I mean, we're here to inspire. I always say that in life. So I hope everybody really grasps onto that opportunity. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey guys, this is Kat. Did anybody try the Annie workout, awful Annie from the CrossFit Games this weekend? Amy and I had a one-on-one like head-to-head competition and I just want to tell you that my double-unders were so on and I'm pretty sure the reason is I broke out my Evo rope from RX Smart Gear. So this Evo rope has special handles. Um, They are so smooth and buttery, if you will. Um, the cable I got for it is like a speed cable with a light, uh, a light weight on it, so it helped me to go really fast. But I'm telling you, I always, you know, double unders, it's hit or miss, right? Some days you got them, some days you don't. I'm so happy that I broke this out. Um, I purchased those um, about a year ago, and I just haven't used them. They've been in my cupboard, and I decided to pull them out the other day, and boy, am I glad I did. Now, all told. Amy still beat me in the workout, whatever. I don't think I uh, used my barbell to my advantage and I kind of took some breaks, but head to head, I think I would have done better. I don't know. We'll have to see next time. But just a reminder, guys, to get your discount code for RX Smart Gear. It's good on apparel. It's good on gear, jump ropes, replacement cables, replacement handles. The only thing it doesn't cover is special editions and new releases. Um, but it's 15% off everything else. And that promo code is Clydesdale15, all caps. So head on over to rxsmartgear.com and get yourself a jump rope. Hey, Courtney, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, just so audience knows, uh, Charlie's in his car uh, because they are cleaning his office building. Uh, so if that looks weird and you can see the visor there on his camera, uh, He's in his car, but we have Courtney Rizal with us today, and she was one of the finalists in the Titan Games. Yes. But she is so much more than that. So we want to dive into all that you are and learn as much as we can about you in the next hour or so. Yes, I'm all about it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> all right. So uh, you grew up in New Jersey. Yes, I did. Yeah. And, and do you still live there today? 
Yes, so I grew up in a place called Cedar Grove, New Jersey, um, but I currently own a place in Jersey City, New Jersey, which is literally, I can see the Freedom Tower from my house, so I'm right next to New York City. So I moved all the way um, out towards the city, and I absolutely love it. Jersey City is one of the most diverse cities in the country. I believe we're in the top 10. So I love it so, so much. To be that honest. is crazy. One of my college best friends grew up in Jersey City. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and he would talk about how he could see. So I went to college way back in like the 80s. Um, but so the, the, tra the World like Trade Center was still there. Yeah, the World Trade Center was still there. So like he could yeah. see the World Trade Center from, from Jersey City, but um, crazy how all that happens. Yeah, I know. Like I'm literally a hop, skip and a jump to New York City. And again, like I love it. I'm right next to the Holland Tunnel. But again, I just love the diversity, the culture. And again, it is happening 24 hours. Let's just say that. If you went out to like a restaurant at 2 a.m., it's totally normal. It's very odd to some people, but it's not odd around here, so. Yeah, us in the Midwest, it's like we're in bed by 9.30, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I train clients till 9.30 at night because that's how late like people go when they work in the city and then commute to me. So I train clients till 9.30 at night. And then I'm like, wow, I don't know how anybody else makes it anywhere else, but yes. Wow. So, so you grew up uh, in New Jersey. What did you do growing up as athletics-wise? Um, I played every sport possible to the point I wanted to play football, but my parents did not want me to play football. Um, I grew up with four older brothers, so I'm the baby, and um, I have an older sister as well, so I'm one of six. And naturally, my parents and babysitters were throwing me into sports. You know what I mean? They didn't have all the money in the world, but if they could throw me into activities and that was me, them babysitting me, they did it. So I played every sport, soccer, track. Um, I ended up going to college for basketball. So that was like my niche was basketball. If you ever saw me in person, mm -hmm. I'm 5'10". My legs are up to my chin. <laughs> so can't teach height. That's what they say in basketball. You can't teach height whatsoever. That's right. Yeah. So I played every single sport possible. So coming out of college, discovering this CrossFit way of life, just kind of brought up my competitive edge again of a sport. And that's why I fell like right into it and all, love, in love with sports all over again. So a lot of the, a lot of the like younger siblings, especially female siblings that we have on the show, and they yeah. talk about how growing up, they wanted to impress their brother so much to be kind of a part of that group. Yeah. Were, were you like that? Yeah. I also think it's, you know, I'm the youngest of six. I'm like survival of the fittest um, because like you just, you're the last one. Like not like parents don't care what happens to you, but like, you are the last one. They're like, just get through life. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. yeah they're, they're just like, go. And hopefully your siblings and older like cousins and everything trained you to be a good human being. Um, so yeah, I always wanted to impress my older brothers. I always wanted to play with older kids, my older siblings. Again, I was the baby. So again, I did every single sport possible to the point of wanting to play football. And my mom was like, no, you're not allowed to. Um, so I went into cheerleading and God, that did not work out very well. <laughs> I tried, I tried very, very hard. So, so it's, it's funny you say that. Uh, so I have, um, five kids myself. Um, oh. and my, my youngest daughter is, uh, she's three now and she does, she tries to run with her bigger brothers. Now she's not going to be five ten. I can tell you that right now. Um, she's a peanut, but she'll, she'll mix it up with the both of them. So it's, you know, it's definitely that 
Yeah, I think it's just sibling. like you get thrown into the fire when you're the youngest, you know? Like, again, my parents were like, all to my brothers and my sister, like, go watch her. Go do things yep. with her. Like, and again, yep. not saying they abandoned me. I'm not saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just easier when there's so many of you guys running around. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know where your sister is. Go find her. Yeah, like, I'm definitely I'm, one of the toughest out of the bunch. And I'm not even saying my <laughs> siblings, if they heard this right now, they would totally agree. I am the one that my parents say they don't have to worry about so much because I'll just find a will and find a way because that's mm-hmm. how I was raised. So, yeah. So I know uh, we want to talk about your college career and I know Charlie has some questions about that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So you played a, you played a little, uh, a little basketball I saw there at yes. Scranton. A little bit. Okay. Basketball. Yes. I went in um, as a small forward and a power forward. And even though five okay. ten, I mean, that's tall. But it's still not that tall. Like, there's girls that are point guards that are my height. In the right. average world, like, I'm like a monster, I say. But in the basketball world, I'm just average height. Right. Yeah. You're actually probably smaller for that size. So what, so what would you say your game was like? Were you more of a – Oh, aggressive. I was okay. I was defensive player all the time. I was always the coaches. Um, I always won the coaches award for best defensive player, most aggressive, most in the game. You know, I just mm-hmm. always did the little things right. So I was – I would tell you – even though, yes, I was there to score points, that was not – we had an All-American who scored, a, like, that was her game. The coach mm-hmm. loved me because I just did a lot of details, right? And, again, I brought a type of aggressiveness. Like, for 5'10 to be a power forward right. is so not you, – you don't right. find a 5'10 power forward. You find a six-foot person. But, again, I thought I just brought some fire to the game, and that's what my coach loved yeah. about me. So, yeah. and they're playing all four years as a starting position on the floor, so it was awesome. So I picture mm-hmm. you as like that Charles Barkley type, a little undersized, yeah. Uh, yeah. but but boxing out and doing every all those little things to yeah, like, like you a, don't want to get like, hit by me with a screen, <laughs> like, a, like like a Draymond Green, you might you know yeah, might get a little elbow, eh, maybe it's intentional, maybe it's not. Yeah, you might just get like the wideness of my body, but that's why my coach <laughs> loved me. He was that's why I always got like the coach's award and always defensive player stuff and just the aggressiveness of the game. So yeah, so. Would you say some of that aggressiveness is what led you uh, to the uh, WWE uh, tryouts? Yeah, I also just think my authenticity of owning who I am, that I am a feminine tomboy. After a while, you know, when I was growing up, playing sports and being a girl was weird because you want like I had friends that were girls. And, but I had to define my femininity. But then when I was playing with the boys, I had to define my masculinity. It was really weird. Like I was played, I was picked first in dodgeball and girls were like, oh, you're like a boy. But I wanted to wear dresses and be like a girl. And it was weird. It was so, it it was like identity crisis in my own body, just being myself though. Like I'm a bigger stature. So when I grew up, I would think that I, I just accepted it. I was like, yes, I like, to lift all the weights in the gym, every single one of them. But yeah, I'm gonna go get dressed up and like go out and get my nails done and everything in between. I had purple hair. Um, so I think that was WWE kind of attractive was that I kind of just like led my own path. So was that something you grew up watching? Is it something that? Truthfully, no, I did not, no, I did. I just wasn't a super fan. So like okay. there's like watching WWE and then being a super fan, I just wasn't a super right. fan, but of course, I watched WWE with like my brothers and stuff like that. It's funny yeah. because they entered me into WWE just because my friend was saying, I think they'll love your stature and love your personality. And he basically entered half of my application in for me. And then I found <laughs> out he entered my application in for me. And I was like, wait a second, what are you doing? 
And then I finished up my application. I was like, you know what? Might as well go for it. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So and how was that experience for you? That was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's, um, it's a different type of fitness because I do think CrossFit is one of the top tiers of fitness to do, not just because I'm in it. I'm biased to it. Yes. But we're functional all around. But when you have to roll on the floor over and over and over again and take bumps over and over and over again, my neck was like, my traps were up to my ears because my neck was like this. I just wasn't used to that tense, like upper body so yeah. much. Um, and I had marks on the ropes all over my back. It's like a lot mm -hmm. harder than people think. But the strength and conditioning of it, I crushed. So. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You see a lot, of, a lot of those superstars now are CrossFit athletes. I mean, yes. They you know, Seth Rollins and the Rollins and Becky Lynch, they all yep. train CrossFit, every single one mm -hmm. of them. And that was the awesome part about it because the strength and conditioning portion, the testing of it, they basically put us through CrossFit. And I was like, let's go. I'm all about yeah. this. Yeah, I was like, bring it on. <laughs> so what was that process like? Was it was it a full tryout where you you trained for a while and learned everything and then they just made cuts or or Yeah, so it was I got invited out via an application online, over like 10,000 applicants. They FaceTimed me, just kind of meeting me in person, seeing my personality. Um, and then they flew me down to Orlando for, th or Atlanta, no, that was Titan Games. They flew me down to Orlando for three mm -hmm. days. Um, they put me through a, a very, very, which I thought was awesome, medical and physical test. They really do check you out. They have about four doctors that make sure you're medically cleared in WWA. You know, it is a lot on your body. Um, yeah. And then the next two days, they put you through interviews of how you would be on camera. So you had to come up with like a promo of yourself for a minute. So I made up a rap about myself to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the rap song. <laughs> like the beginning of it, I made up like, <laughs> this is a girl all about Jersey. Like I literally went to the rhyme and they were like, we never in our lives. I was like, what <laughs> no, Oh my gosh, um, on, you is know, that recorded you know anywhere? Oh yeah, you yeah can I remember. definitely I have as recording. I I concentrated so hard on making this plane like on the plane ride, like making the rap work. I was like saying it to my passengers next to me. I was like, what do you think? They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so they never had someone rap to Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but that was me. I love it. Oh my gosh, that is priceless. Yeah. So I did that. Um, and then they all they put you through strength and conditioning. So you had multiple days. You were there for like nine hours a day. So like the first session was strength and conditioning. Second session was interviewing, and then they put you through like rope stuff for like two or three hours. Um, so yeah, it was long days, and that was for three days. And then they flew me home, so it was only three days, and then they let you know like a couple days later, they can either not like you at all, take you back to NXT, send you to WWE, send you to WWE overseas, or put you in their roster in Orlando to kind of be on like the like uh the dl i guess like the like, like oh if someone by. gets hurt they bring Development. you in developmentally yeah so um they asked me to come out they liked me but they didn't know what they wanted to do with me and um i kind of i was already like 29 at the time and i wanted to do nice things i already established myself with my own business and they didn't know what they wanted to do with me and that could take years so I kind of just ha gladly had to like decline it, but in the best way possible, like they're amazing mm -hmm. people. They're awesome opportunity. I just wanted to grow on my own with my own company. So that was it. So when you were in college, you, you played basketball, you, you retired. And then how hard was it you, for you to find something to replace that competitive 
sport and fire that you had? Um, it was the weirdest transition, the weirdest, because then I would go to Gold's gym and try to work out for like three hours. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. And then I tried to play like a Zog sport, which is like a recreational sport by me in New Jersey. Um, and even though it's playful, I'm a little bit too competitive for it. So <laughs> like we went that into is such a common as answer. First sport and I went in with fire. So <laughs> yeah, we get I that answer a lot. I very well to playing in recreational sport. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my brother, three years after college, yeah, 22, because I was 25, three years after college was like, there's this cool thing called CrossFit. You have to do it. And the first day of it, I got instantly hooked because you chose to be competitive or you chose to be a part of the community. It could be competitive or not. I just took the competitive route. And then I would say about three years after into CrossFit is when I started like applying for Wadapalooza and Granite Games and started making like sanctioned events like that and doing local competitions but it took me about three years I was so nervous like the first open I was so nervous I was like ah. I, I couldn't imagine doing rx anything I was like I'm gonna be scaled for life it's fine like I can't mm -hmm. you gotta lift a 15 pound bar over my head pull-ups was like can't do any of those but so I do you remember what that do you remember what that first workout was my first first workout actually my coach took like I came in for a free trial and it was me and my brother. So the coach of the class gave me like a totally different workout than the other class. So I just did 10 kettlebell swings, 10 goblet squats, um, and 10 burpees for like eight rounds. And it killed me. It just slowly, I just slowly <laughs> died. And then after he's like, Oh, we have dessert. And he made me do sprints back and forth. And he was like the best athletes in the world are not the fastest nor the strongest. So they're the most consistent. So he would make me sprint a hundred meters. And if I did it in 30 seconds, he's like, take a minute break and do it again. He made me do it four times and I died. Mm. Yeah. But you loved it and you came back. But you loved it. Loved it. I loved every minute of it. Cause it, again, it brought out the competitive fire. It gave me a workout that I wasn't used. I was used to all over again of getting and yeah, that was it. It took me one try and I'm like, boom, set. Now I've been doing it for close. I'll be after eight years this year. So. So do you think it just reminds you of like those days when the coach was driving you to get better in practices and the same thing happens in a CrossFit gym? Yeah. And I just think there's a certain type of struggle and community that comes in a CrossFit gym. Everybody's going through the same workout. Everybody's dying slowly at the same time. It brings a bondness and it also made me have relationships I would never have in my life unless I went walked into a CrossFit gym. I always tell people the barbell has no idea what race, gender, nationality, um, sex that you are nothing it just knows if you're strong enough to pick it up or not and I love that's a neutrality like it literally makes us neutral throughout this world and when you walk into a CrossFit gym and I think that's like such a beautiful thing like I wasn't walking into a strong they were like oh my god she's a strong female they were just like wow she's really damn strong and I thought that was pretty cool so that's a perfect segue to um, when I watched the Titan Games your story talked about you um, having struggles, uh, being bullied because of your shape and size yes. uh, as a female growing up. So mm -hmm. walk us through that. What was that like growing up with the bullying? It, um, it's crazy because like bullying still happens to this day, even though I'm in my, my 30s. It's very odd. Um, I still have people who randomly DM me and they're like, no girl wants to look like you. No mm -hmm. 
again, like you're trying to look like a dude, you're bulky, you're weird. I don't know what you're doing. So it still happens to this day, which is very odd. I'm just in a very different mindset that I never take anything personally anymore. And knowing that if someone's bullying me, that's on them, not me. Like when I was younger, you only could think at 13 years old that it's you. You're the problem. Why are you being bullied? Because you're the problem. So I just got made fun of, um, you know, I was 5'10". I was the biggest in my school at one point because girls grow faster than guys. So I was 5'10". I was the tallest in my grade at, in fifth and sixth grade. So I was like lanky. Um, I had a unibrow. <laughs> I had a full like haircut. Um, so I just looked so different. And again, I was a strong female. And again, with the girls, they were like, you're being picked first at dodgeball. And they're just like, ew, like you're playing with the boys and you're gross. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like shoving me into a corner some days. But then when I came in with like being girly and a dress on and my nails done, then they wanted to play with me. It's very odd. It was just odd. And same with the boys. Like if a boy had a crush on me, quote unquote, they couldn't have a crush on me because I was one of the boys. They're like, oh, she looks like a boy. And like guys would be like, I like her. And they're like, ew, you like Courtney? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was the craziest thing. Um, but m the greatest thing about it was my brothers, my family. I come from a huge family back here. They never made me apologize for it. So I never went home to my home environment having to be like, sorry for who I was. They were just like, own it, be it, live it. Let's do this. So, and especially my brothers, not mind you, I have come from a very strong female background, but my brothers made me who I am. So. So mentally, did that help when you went back to school the next day? Because you knew that you had this, this supportive family unit that always uh, made sure that you, were, that, that you were who you were meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. Again, school, even though that was like eight hours of my day, my weekends, my mornings, my nights were spent with my family, never having to apologize to who I was. So if I even had a bad day, went home to my family, they would pick me up. They would say everything's good and get right back out there. So yeah, absolutely. My family support. I'm very, 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 and I can't say very enough lucky to have who I have in my life. And your parents divorced when you were young? Yes. So yeah. were you, you were raised by your mom? I was raised by my mom. So when I say four brothers and a sister, three of them are my stepbrothers and my stepsister. But my parents literally were separated since I was born. I met my step parents when I was three. So I don't know my life without them. So I just have brothers and sisters. So yes. So the reason I ask is the next part of your story is you wanted to be a model or people thought you should be a model. Yes. Yes. Cause my legs are up to my chin. <laughs> right. So, so you went to a modeling agency um, and they had different thoughts. Oh yes. So when I was growing up and again, the masculine feminine thing, my mom and my family was like, why don't you try modeling? I thought I needed to try modeling to kind of define myself. So I went to the modeling agency. I was 13 years old and they straight up told me off the bat, I'll never be a runway model. Maybe I'll be in print, but you definitely are just going to be a plus size model because you're athletic build. You'll never be a regular model, which was like, what? It's like weird. You're a plus size model, regular model. Like why is there, but whatever. So they told me my athletic build that I'll never be like a straight up model. It's weird. Yeah. And then your mom went to the US Open. Yes. My mom went to the US Open, had a couple cocktails, sat next to <laughs> the editor of Vogue, their, his, um, her assistant. 
and she was there to book models or sports athletes for magazine of that the issue they were doing. And my mom said, why can't you book my daughter? Like, look at my daughter. She's athletic. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed when my mom told me. I was like, they're never going to call me ever again. Thanks for blackballing me in the modeling industry. Um, and the next week she called me and she called me in saying, tell me your story. Tell me what you're all about. She had me sit next to the shape editor, the self magazine editor, fitness magazine. There's about six different editors in the room. She's like, tell me your story and tell me why you think you'll be the perfect sports model and fitness model. And I did, I just told him like, I'm an everyday human being coming from a small town in Jersey. I just want to show women that we're here as well. And I'm not Sports Illustrated, a huge athlete. I'm not a pro athlete. You know, I'm just an average human being trying to make in this world of fitness. And I got booked for three gigs then with Fitness Magazine and Shape Magazine and talking about body positivity. And then two weeks later, Vogue calls me and they say, I need to book you for the shoot. I can't find a girl that's muscular enough. I can't find a girl that's athletic enough. So it's so crazy, so many modeling agencies denying me. And then the one person who likes me is Vogue because of my certain right. body type that everybody hated. Um, and then ever since then, it was like a snowball effect. Okay. And, and does Vogue own that like self and shape? Or? No, they're just in the same building of Condé Nast. So it's in, um, so Condé Nast is in the Freedom Tower building and there's certain publications in there. So she was just like an awesome human being. It was like, oh my God, all these, issues are in the building. I'm going to invite everybody to this meeting. It was probably the nicest thing I can ever have someone do for me. Her name is Jill. I still owe her to this day that she did that for me. So. And, and now you've appeared in those as well, right? Yeah. I appeared in shape um, multiple times for their um, social media. I paid in I appeared in self magazine on all their social media and web and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you still model today? Yes, I do do modeling. I just got picked up by Born Primitive um, clothing to be their model. So I'm really excited to announce that. That's in this week. Um, and just random stuff, random sports stuff that I do modeling for. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really thankful for it. Yeah, Born Primitive is a great company. I just, I just judged the Masters Fitness Collective uh, that they had in, in Fort Wayne. Yeah. And, uh, and they were so good to the judges and the volunteers, Born Primitive. Ooh. They gave us a gift card to shop for whatever we wanted. So I mean, they were amazing throughout this pandemic. They had all those loyalty programs for all the CrossFit yeah. gyms. If you stick your membership, we'll give you some um, a gift card. And I thought, what an amazing company. And I I wanted to be a part of it so bad. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. They're they're a great company to work for. Yeah. So um, so you have the modeling, and then I heard you say like. So you, so you find CrossFit and you're always comfortable when you're doing sports. It's just, yes. that's your environment, right? Yes. So you make that your full-time gig by becoming a trainer. Yes. I was in the corporate world for about five or six years. I worked for the New Jersey Devils. I worked in a mortgage company. I thought that's what I had to do. My family told me I had to do it. And then I was like, no, I want to do something I love. I don't care how much money I make. And I quit my corporate job over two years ago and started my own company, Iron Grace, which I do my motivational speaking through, my modeling, my training, and everything in between. So yeah, I'm I'm very 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 thankful. So did you start off as um, as just a personal trainer or a CrossFit trainer? So I start off as a CrossFit coach. Okay. So I still am a CrossFit coach to this day. Um, I do group classes during the week, 
and it's a little bit different during the pandemic. So small, more small group. Um, and then I also do personal and small group training myself. So I have a certification in Olympic weightlifting. I have certification in dumbbell lifting, functional fitness, strength and conditioning. So I just took on the whole role. Um, but my, my love and passion is in the CrossFit community and I do competitive athletic, like I'm at Wadapalooza, I do granite games and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I noticed also in your, um, Iron Grace website that you are, you have like a little clothing line. Yeah. It's really cute. <laughs> coming, coming from a Clydesdale. It, it yeah. looks, it's really cute. It's really cute. Um, I, I love the logo on the front. Thank you. It's, um, so it's supposed to be an outline of a cheetah face because again, so iron grace comes from masculine and femininity. Um, that's the first off and then lifting a barbell in the gym, doing a cleaner snatch. It's iron. They have to be strong, but you have to be so graceful to be able to do it. So again, and even in basketball, you have to be a strong athlete, but you have to look graceful on the floor. So it's kind of like all aspects of life. And I chose a cheetah because it's the strongest, most graceful hunter in the wild. So it's fast and it's strong, but it has to be graceful how it catches its prey. So I kind of incorporated that. Um, and I started with an adult line, but then I went into my kids line because I have such a huge family and I want to see my kids in my clothing. I always tell them that it's like your own superhero cape when you're wearing my clothing. And that's all I ever wanted. And seeing my logo on people wearing it is, I can't even describe the feeling of it. It's so heartfelt and uh, I love every minute of it. So. So are there any plans for future expansion of the line? Oh yeah. I have a fall line coming out with joggers, um, a woman's crop top, some unisex shirts. Um, I already came out with face masks and we'll just see where it takes us. You know, I just think I want to, I, I love sports clothing. I love making people feel comfortable in their own skin. So if you wear something of mine to make yourself feel comfortable in your own skin is definitely my goal. I always say I want people to be strong, but to live confident through my clothing. So and if people want to get one of those cute shirts, um, where, where can they do that? They can do it at my website, irongracefitness.com, or they can reach me on my Instagram, Courtney underscore Roselle. Um, and you can click my link in bio for irongracefitness.com has all my clothing. I even have baby onesies cause I needed for my baby cousins to wear iron grace as well. So yeah. 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 They were, they were really cute. Oh, my thank you Scott. <laughs> My, my, my baby girl is 19, so she doesn't fit in onesies anymore, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so then you you talked about some competitions that you started yeah. doing, Wadapalooza and the Granite Games. Yeah. So tell us what that was like. Oh my God. It's so much fun. It's so much fun to be under, in a sanctioned event, under the lights, under people, thousands. I mean, Wadapalooza is like a mini CrossFit Games. So under thousands of people watching you and being there for the same reason and just having fun is the best part. I think no other fitness arena do I ever find people just having so much fun like CrossFit does. Yeah. People like we love the grind. We love the craziness of going through a wad and slowly dying on the floor after maybe because of the exhaustion and knowing what it did to our bodies and the endorphins it releases. But it's so much fun. But I've been I did individual Wadapalooza last year and then two no two years ago and then this year I did team I'd rather do team nothing against individual athletes I just love being on the team for it in the matching outfits <laughs> we grew up playing team sports yeah I only did play team sports like that's all I ever did so I love being on the teams 
and the co-ed teams is even more fun because to see women and men doing the same exact things, I think always makes people's eyes just go pop out of their heads. So, yeah. Well, and how to feel more comfortable. You grew up with almost like this identity crisis. You played with the boys, but you wanted to hang out with the girls. Yeah. And now you have co-ed team sports where you get to do, nobody, nobody cares what gender you are anymore. No one cares. No one cares. And that's the most amazing thing about the CrossFit arena. It doesn't matter what your body looks like. And you know, if you're in CrossFit, you can never judge a book by its cover. Ever, 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 ever judge a book by its cover. And I think that's the coolest things too. Um, yeah, and it just brings communities together. It really does. And I, I love every minute of it. So. So were you able to go to the Granite Games? I know you mentioned that as well. Yes, I did go to Granite Games as a team as well. That's when I did teams of, so Wadapalooza changed this year and it was two girls and two guys. That I went to Granite Games when it was three girls on a team and that was a lot of fun. So much fun. And I met the girls originally from Wadapalooza when I did individual. They were in the same division as me and they messaged me six months later and they're like, yo, you want to try for Granite Games? And again, I would have never met those girls if I didn't do CrossFit, if I didn't go to sanctions. I mean, it's cool how relationships form and they come from such different backgrounds of me. One was from Kansas and one was from Maryland. So it's cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. So I, I was actually scheduled to go to, um, to Granite Games this year. Had my hotel all ready to go and then COVID takes it all away. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't planning on doing, I, was, I did want, what a blues is my last one? Yeah. I wasn't planning on doing Granite Games this year just because I was exhausted. I came from WWE to Granite Games to Wadapalooza back to Titan Games and then Wadapalooza again. And I was like, oh my God, my body. I just need a break, please. Yeah, we, we, had, we had Kelly Stone on a couple oh, weeks God. ago and she was talking about how it, she's almost glad she didn't make the finals of Titan Games because – Wadapalooza was like immediately after the finals. I, so I made it to the finals because I went right. to the East. It was three days later, three. So I just went through the Titan Games for a month, having to train for the Titan Games somewhat. You don't really train for the Titan Games. You just become the athlete that you are. So I'm training for Wadapalooza, but I'm being shot on TV. But the TV hours are almost 16 hours a day sometimes. So trying to find time to work out. And I'm like, yo, I have a competition I have to go home to in three days. Like, it was a little nutty. It was a little nutty. I was very exhausted when I got back. And then I think it was a week after we went into closing down in New Jersey. So it was a little weird. It's been a weird 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a great segue to the Titan games, right? Yes. So you, you qualified, you went through the qualification process and yes. from, from our interview with Kelly, she talked about how it was a, like a combine. Yeah. Like everybody kind of shows up and shows what they got. And then they pick, who gets to move on from there? Yes. So what was so, that like for you? It's funny because Kelly was one of my first friends at the Combine. I love her. She's awesome. So it was, yeah. So they brought us into an arena and you had to do a max deadlift, max effort, hang from a rig, um, 100 yard dash. There's about six different events. And you had to be filmed doing everything. So there was cameras everywhere at all times. And then usually right after you conclude with the event, you would have to go on camera and see how you react to just concluding the event to see, you know, if you have a personality for a camera as well. But the greatest thing about the Titan Games, it sounds so crazy, but your athletics came last. 
you looking on camera and how you react came second and first actually just became your story and what you brought to them. So they really, 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 I would say Dwayne The Rock Johnson cared about how you are as a human being and what you bring into this world every day that they focus on the most. So. Well, that, that's what pulls in the viewers, those great stories, right? Yeah, that's why they never, everybody I know hated on us not mentioning CrossFit, but there was a reason they didn't want to mention CrossFit. Number one, it's not a, it's a brand. So they can't mention that on TV. Number two, they really just wanted to not be like, oh my God, they're a CrossFit athlete. They never wanted to say that. They were like, she's a motivational speaker. Matt Chan's a firefighter. Kelly Stone's a, um, a doctor in physical therapy. And they wanted our everyday life to be shown. Not that we just do CrossFit. So right. it was good. Well, your story really spoke to my wife. She immediately gravitated to you. And, uh, and you became her favorite right off the bat. So like, I feel so honored, Scott. <laughs> the pressure through this Zoom is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, uh, we watch Titan Games every week and she was, uh, she was a big fan of yours. So, so let's, let's talk about the day. I, you okay. know, it's like 60, you said 16 hour days. Sometimes, yeah. It depended. Yeah. Crazy. And Kelly said, like, you couldn't really work out. You couldn't really control your, your nutrition. And yeah. for someone who, who lives to compete, that's yeah. really hard. Oh, Lord. Hard is an understatement. So it's not like they forgot we were athletes, some of us, but they forgot we were athletes some days <laughs> because they would even, so maybe they would bring us in for hair and makeup first. And that started at 9 a.m., our first obstacle sometimes was until one. And that's maybe obstacle number one. It depends. If you won, you maybe moved on to obstacle number two. If you lost, maybe you moved on to obstacle number two. It just depended on the day. But then after you completed your obstacle, you'd sit another four to five hours of interviews, makeup, hair, press, photos. And then they'd be like, oh, are you ready to do an obstacle again? I'm like, I didn't even warm up. And they're like, do you really need a warm up? You're just going to be on there for five minutes. I'm like, no, I need a warm up. Like, <laughs> so sometimes they forgot we were athletes. And I was like, guys, so um, they wanted us there for our stories again, but it was a crazy day. It was definitely, it's not like they had like barbells in there, us lifting. They had like ellipticals for us to work out on and stuff like that. That was our warm up area. So was it a big shock to, to go from athlete? You're, you're competing, right? Yeah. You're in this competition. Um, yet it's more of a TV show yes. than it is a competition. Yes. And was that, was that hard to transition into? Yeah. So everybody there that was an athlete knew it. We saw it as competition. All the producers saw it as a TV show. So yes, it was very different. Sometimes there was like miscommunications on it. Some, again, sometimes they would pull us straight from an interview and be like, oh, you want to go in like a half hour? And I'm like, wait, but I, I want to warm up and eat. And they're like, oh, really? So yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle at first. And, to, and also to perform on TV, knowing that like millions of people are watching you is a little bit odd. <laughs> like going to a CrossFit Wadapalooza is thousands. This is millions. Over 3.6 million people turned into, tuned in to the finale. That's way different. Yeah, a little bit. Little, <laughs> a little tiny bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. I was like, what? How many people? <laughs> So, yeah. so did, did the producers ever adjust or did you have to adjust to them? No, they adjusted to us real quick. Um, they brought in more warm-up equipment for us. There was two days they end up having a masseuse on staff, a doctor in physical therapy on staff. So they adjusted to our needs, which was really, really nice of them. Like we were like, guys, can we just 
you know, have one physical therapist on staff. Maybe we'll get some stretching in. They're like, of course, they brought in multiple weights for us and ellipticals and treadmills. So, I mean, they definitely catered to us after the first week of being like, what's going on? So, yeah. So what was, what was the food like? A lot of snacks. Like it was great. They had meals at certain times and we would go and they would have like steak flamingon some days. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? But knowing that I was going to do a big obstacle after, we would save our meals in containers and store them in the corner of the room. But again, sometimes lunch was at 12 and you weren't competing till seven. So dinner wasn't served yet, but you didn't want to miss out on lunch. So, I mean, it was weird. But then in between, they had a lot of cliff bars, orange, like fruits, snacks. So sometimes I just survived off snacks for the day. It was very odd. And you, and you were there because you were in the finals. You were there for four weeks straight? Yes. Yes. We had some off days in between. It just depends. Like some days they would call you in just for photos. And then some days you were competing. And then some days, two days in a row, they were like, just go explore Atlanta and do what you want to do. So. So what was it like uh, with all the other competitors? You know, you said Kelly was one of your first friends when you went to the combine. She was. So how did, uh, how did that group get along? It looked like on social media, everybody loved each other. Oh yeah. We still do. Like I'm getting texts from them right now. All of them. Um, we text each other every single day. Matt Chan is texting right now. So like, <laughs> we, we are in a big group on text thread and we always keep in contact with each other. We're our biggest fans. It's just something no one else can compare that we went through. We went, we lived for together for a month and a day's in the NBC production rented out a whole entire hotel for us. So it, it was like college days of your dorm being next to somebody. Um, but you couldn't tell people why you were there. So people in Atlanta were like, who's this fitness people walking up in our restaurant right now? And we're like, oh, we're just here for something. We couldn't tell the reason why. So just going through the experience um, as a family, and that's why we're still very, very close to this day. The only thing we ever wanted to do, we didn't want one celebrity to get to the final. No offense to the celebrities. We love you guys. You guys are nice. <laughs> but we were like, no, we're going to make it. You guys don't deserve to be here. Thanks. <laughs> were, were they with you in the hotel or were they kept no. separate? Oh, they were kept so separate. It was the biggest secret. We were trying to scroll Instagram every day being like, okay, so Pint is, there's a football player. We would like scroll everybody um, and be like, oh my God, wait, Victor Cruz is on an airplane to Atlanta. He's definitely coming here. So it was like a big <laughs> game, but no way they wanted, they didn't even put us in the same rooms with them. We were like, no, it's us versus them, hands down. Well, that, that, made, it, that made it obvious that they were the enemy, right? Because yes. I mean, they're being, you know, they're probably getting filet mignon for every meal and <laughs> we're getting clip bar snacks yeah. yeah no but i will say all of them were so nice it was really funny um jesse graff actually wanted to she asked the producers she's like can i go like say hi to them and they're like no so the producers wanted to keep us so separate which means the rival rivalry was even bigger it, i mean we were just like no celebrities no 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 so yeah oh wow that yeah that's something i learned new now so that's awesome yeah um so what was your favorite event? Uh, Lunar Impact by far, when I pushed the wall. Uh, by far was my favorite. I mean, getting up the ladder and pushing that wall, it's something I'm good in in CrossFit. I'm more of a strong athlete. I'm not the gymnastic athlete in my arena. So um, doing something of like physicality like that feels pretty awesome. So when you're running to the wall, can you tell if the other person's got there first or not? Yes, you can tell because it's on a mini half moon. I guess you can like a semicircle, so you can tell when they're going to hit the wall and when you're going to hit the wall. 
um, you just hope to be the first one to hit it. And I'm yeah. happy that Chantel, I love her to death and she's Jersey too, but she's, she um, tripped up on the wall getting up a little bit. So it kind yeah. of gave me an advantage. I was going to hit the wall as far as possible, as hard as possible and kind of scare her a bit. That's what I told her. I was like, I was going to scare the hell out of you. And she goes, oh, <laughs> you did scare the hell out of me. <laughs> How heavy was the wall? Um, I don't even know pound wise. They did say it on TV, but it was pretty, it was pretty movable. It okay. was, I mean, yeah. I didn't know the weights. Of, you were not allowed to know the weights of anything. So let's get that clear. I didn't get to climb one obstacle. I didn't know the weights of anything. Um, even when I did nuts and bolts, we were asking like, how much does a gold plate weigh? And they said, you'll figure it out when you get there. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay. And for a CrossFit athlete, that's, that's all right. Oh yeah. The CrossFitters were in our glory because we said we're always prepared for the unknown. Always. Mm -hmm. So other people that were not used to it were like, oh, well, another day. So that, that was pretty cool about us. And we definitely bonded as a group over it. So. So you make it to the finals. Yes. And um, it's, it's you and Danny and Margot. I know. The most beast athletes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I was like, listen, all of my goal was to make it to the East. And then I was like, if I lose between these two, I'm pretty set. And like, because, <laughs> have you seen them as athletes? I mean, not only are they awesome, I mean, like, caliber of athletics but they're really 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 nice humans so i was like mm -hmm. let's go well and we've we've had margo on too she's she's just one of the nicest people i've ever met in my life i no, no, that's like an understatement i'm pretty sure she's an angel from above <laughs> you mean her i keep in contact with her the most um i would say um and she always just checks in on me like i'll get a text from her at least once every two weeks like being hey i was thinking about you what are you doing I'm like, do you have an alarm set on your phone to check in with me, or are you just that good of a person? <laughs> have you have you have you ever asked her what happened when she tried to put her shoulder through that wall? Oh yeah, I was texting with her that night, and I was like, I don't know how you didn't break your shoulder. And she goes, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, you you hit that wall. I was there for the finals, and but you can't see because she was on top of Mount Olympus, and I knew yeah. the whole crowd. I guess saw it on the TV and was like, oh. oh. So I was like, oh, why would they say that? And when I saw the live TV, I was like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> Margo, did you dislocate your shoulder? She was like, I right. know. No. <laughs> so, um, so I'm trying to remember. The, the first event is when you're knocking down the poles, right? And you're, and you're trying to climb it. And that's yes. where, where you were taking on Danny and, and the legend, Margo. Oh, the legend, yeah. And it was, it was close, if I remember right. Like yes, really Margo close. and Danny were close. I'm horrible at hitting a hammer, I realized. I didn't put my body into it enough. I was like, dang it. Um, but it was <laughs> close. I mean, all the competition was close. Even the Herculean pole, they can't show it. But me and Margo were up there forever, forever going back and forth. And everybody said, oh, my God, your legs must have been burning. I was like, no, my forearms were about to fall off. Both of our forearms, because you're hanging, like, like strapped around like a koala on it. Um, okay. We were up there for a very long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so looking back, was it a, was it a great experience? Did oh, the best. And I got, would you do it again? I would do it all over again. I, I people are asking me, um, are they going to call you back? And I said, I hope they do. Cause I am the Titan of the East quote unquote. So I hope that they call me back to like defend the mountain. I 1000% would do it. And of course 
I mean, if Dwayne calls you, you go. <laughs> right. You right. go wherever the rock wants you to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was just like so awesome of a human that um yeah, of course I would go back. It was a lot of fun. And and did you get a lot of time with the rock? I would feel like I got a good amount of time with him. Mind you, he's a very busy human being, but he knows every single athlete that's there. Every single athlete. I didn't know he handpicks um, all 36 that get called out. So it was over 10,000 applicants. You get invited to the combine. It was like 80 something. And then you get picked out by the rock by 36. And so he knows exactly who you are, Yeah, which is pretty cool. When he says your name the first time, he's like, Courtney. I was like, what? Who? <laughs> who? Who are you talking to? He's like, you. I'm like, what? And you have to meet his daughters, right? Uh, yeah, they love the female. So the greatest thing about The Rock, too, he's a girl dad, big time. Yep. So he loves women empowerment. He loves the female athletes. And the, all his daughters were like, are the girls going to go again? Are they going to go again? <laughs> so, yeah, he was really, really, really awesome and humble human being. So we talked kind of before we got on, we got on air. And um, you mentioned that there were 3.6 million viewers for that finale. <laughs> For the finale. So what, what has the impact been of being on a very popular TV show? Um, woof. It's a little bit weird at first. Um, because when my show first aired, so I had about a little over 4,000 followers. Now I have 15.2 thousand followers. <laughs> so it's a little bit weird, all the attention. I woke up to over 400 instant messages over 600 like text messages alone um so again the attention's weird and but knowing the people i inspired especially all the little girls i got messages from saying like i want to be like you and i want a barbie of you oh it like it was worth every every minute of it i mean i didn't win the finale and danny deserved every every single time that she won an obstacle i was like she deserves it but i feel like i won at the end of the day from all the messages I'm getting from it and all the women that I'm inspiring and the motivational speaking engagements I've been called out to and the body positivity for other modeling jobs. I mean, I, you can't put a price tag on it. That's all I have to say. I was like, I don't care how much money I make from this. This is amazing, amazing opportunity. You can so you wait do, till this, oh, go ahead, Charlie. I was okay. gonna say, you just wait till this podcast comes out and then you'll see. <laughs> even better yeah i've been doing a lot of podcasts lately too which is so awesome because i love podcasts i love talking to people if you can't tell so um yeah if i can i always tell people my famous quote is if i can you know maybe be the mover for somebody else to move in behind me i think that's a success maybe i won't be the one that breaks down the wall but i hope that maybe a little girl a little boy can be the one that lights up somebody else's path i mean we're here to inspire. I always say that in life. So I hope everybody really grasps onto that opportunity. So you say you're a motivational speaker. So yes. what, do, what does that look like? And how can someone contact you about that? Well, you can contact me through my website. I have like an open inquiry of just like messaging me, DMing me through Instagram asking me to come out. And then I usually set it up through like my PR agent just sometimes to come out. But I've actually been asked to do three different um, graduations already via Zoom, quote unquote, because we don't know what next year's school year is going to look like. So I'm super excited for that. The crazy thing about this pandemic, it opened up opportunity for me to become more international and national because of Zoom and, you know, FaceTime and people take advantage of that a lot more. So it's pretty awesome. Even being with you guys, like, 
Yeah. I didn't know Zoom before the pandemic. I had no idea this right. existed. I mean, yeah, it's it's been a huge help to our podcast, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, there's no such thing as like you have to be in person anymore. Yeah. Now I can reach like a wider audience, and like, how cool is that? Shoot. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so what does your future look like now? I mean, can you tell me? I have no idea. Oh no, I'm just. <laughs> I am like. For the, for, I'm a very much of a go-getter and I'm a goal-driven person. I always like to grab opportunities, but I'm actually trying to sit back a little bit and just see like what comes to the table and what doors open that I never would have thought of before. So um, again, I have a couple modeling gigs coming up. I'm the newborn primitive model, of course. Um, a couple motivational speaking gigs. I would like to be a part of a podcast as a guest all the time, at least like once or twice a week. I love it so much. Um, and we'll see, I would like in the long term to be able to travel the world and do fitness and motivational speak. So I think that's pretty cool to bring in different like cultures and communities and see what people do around the world for fitness is pretty cool. Not just necessarily CrossFit, different tribes. Like, I don't even know, like, what do people do in different countries that we don't even know about? That'd be pretty cool. So I have a couple questions. I'm trying to sort them out in my head right now. And that is, um, you know, you seem to be open to try new things all the time. Yes. So that's one, that's a really cool personality trait to have. Thank you. And so the sky's the limit as to what you m could possibly do in the future. Cause yes, it that's seems why I'm, like, I'm lost. You tell me, I don't know. <laughs> you're open to whatever comes your way. Yes. 100%. As long as it's on my moral compass, I'm stuck with it. Yeah. Has to take yeah. to my moral compass. That's it. Uh, two, gosh, I love your accent. Uh, <laughs> my, my college roommates and my and one of my best friends, they were from Jersey and New York City. Yes. And so I miss that accent tremendously. Thank you. I mean, at the Titan Games, I think I blew their minds away, all the producers, the contestants. I would be like, guys, we just need coffee. They're like, say it again, say it again, say it again. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. But anything I said, they were... I, I swear I was more attracted than like Will Sutton's country accent. I was like, look at his accent. Why is, I mean, that's pretty amazing. They're like, but you say coffee. And I'm like, oh, you know? So, so my roommate uh, took forever to teach me how to say Long Island. Long, Long Island. Island. Like it's one word, right? Yeah. Long, Long Island. Long, Long Island. Island. Long Island. What do you mean? I mean, it's not, I mean, it's technically so the, the G words. carries over. Like a G Island. <laughs> Long Island. Long Island. Yes. And we say like phone. So the, like I see in Philly, they're like family. <laughs> and I'm like, no, phone call, phone call, family, family. So I don't know. So the last question I have for you, are you going to do Wadapalooza again this year? Oh my God. I would love to. Yeah. I want to go as a team. Um, it just depends. I mean, they say qualifiers are in January and then, Wadapalooza is in June. Um, May. 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 I'm sorry. Yes. Um, and I guess we'll just kind of see. I mean, it's like all up in the air. I would love to. If I can make it, absolutely. I'm also like on a crazy fitness journey that it's like the first time I'm not competing in something in probably three years. And I'm not not enjoying it right now. But if I want to be in Wadapalooza <laughs> shape, I got to start right now. So um, it's different. But I would love to. I love yeah. that journey. Yeah, there's a group of us that are trying to put a team together. 
um, that all had CrossFit Journal stories done about them. Oh my Lord. Wait, you guys and, are going to be the most popular people at Wadapalooza. And so, yeah, we were trying to put a team of four together, the co-ed team, uh, and see if we could make it. So yeah. So it'd be it's, cool if you were there that I could like meet you in person. Uh, that's the best part about it. I hope so. Hope I'm, I'm going to be like Scott screaming across from you and be like, Who's this girl? <laughs> who is she? Oh my God, it's the girl from Jersey. And then you're going to blindside from- me. <laughs> and if my wife's there, she's going to be like, that's my girl. That's oh, my yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife will hang out. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm hoping no matter what, even if, you know, I don't make it uh, uh, again, I hope I make it. You never know. Everybody's great and everybody's good. Um, but if I don't, I always like to attend at least because of, there's so many yeah. people there. I always tell people in life, if you are in CrossFit, and again, if you're, you never want to make Wadapalooza, that's the coolest thing too, if you just do CrossFit, but just go to one of the sanctioned events. Ugh, so much fun. So yeah. Fun. Yeah, I've volunteered at several, um, and I, this would be my first time participating at one of them, so. Oh my God. It's cool, like, the name board you get, and you're running out onto the platform, and again, like, everybody's so nice. The competitors next to you, we all are like, oh my God, what's going to be next? And yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, man, I had such a good time this hour. Thank you. No, seriously, I had the best time. Thank you guys for having me and taking your time out. Absolutely. So, yeah. And going from a car, Charlie, I mean, that's pretty important. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No bet, like anything happens during this pandemic. So yeah. That's right. I'm ready to roll. thank you seriously thank you well thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon talk to you guys soon bye guys thanks so much for listening and a special thank you to our sponsor rx smart gear head over to rxsmartgear.com for 15 percent off everything with the exception of special editions and new releases using our promo code That's Clydesdale 15, all caps. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.